Welcome to Curious Church Podcast. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey, uh, Matt, we're back. And uh, this time, like as scheduled. Yeah, <laughs> you were expecting us to be back, and here we are. Here we are. And I'm back too. Okay, oh, am I allowed to well, speak right now? Not, no. <laughs> Cute, that's what we call the intern corner. <laughs> where, where I, like to, to I like to kind of shake things up a little bit. <laughs> Go out of the order. Okay. Well, Q, um, Q you know, is he's halfway out the door. He has nothing to lose anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> listeners, listeners might if if we have listeners who also listen to the Curious Psalms podcast, they might know that Q has a tendency if you give him a mic to try to take over hosting duties. Which happened oh. just yesterday too. He does this regularly recording. on Curious Psalms. Oh, interesting. When I've talked with him, he kind of tr- starts to try to ask the questions back to me, <laughs> which is slowly not, working myself. I want to be clear, it's not welcome. But yep. here we we actually see that exact same tendency. <laughs> You just jump again. Just can't welcome. help it. It's just part of who I am, Matt. Okay, well, listeners, yeah, we do have Q here on, on this episode. So welcome, Q. Good to be, yeah, good to be welcomed. Yeah. We're, we're genuinely glad that you're here. I can sense that very and clearly. I, I alluded to him being halfway out the door because uh, this might be his last uh, Curious Church appearance for, for a while, Sadly. right? Yeah, true. He's uh, he's making his his transition. His army chaplaincy has calling him to uh, Kansas, Fort Riley in Kansas. Kansas, go! Uh, what's their mascot? <laughs> go uh, Kansas! Uh, go corn! I like how we're not helping you. <laughs> <laughs> Tornadoes. I think that's, and uh, corn. Oh, that's Nebraska. Ooh, uh, Nebraska isn't Nebraska the Corn Huskers? Uh, oh yeah. Q knows what Kansas is. Oh, is it Jayhawkers? I think one oh, of the... Oh, the Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Yeah. Yeah. Jayhawks, yeah. yeah. All right. Go Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Yeah. Are you going to be... Uh, what's the NBA team there? Oh, that they sadly, no NBA team. The no closest team is Oklahoma, Kansas. which oh, yeah. is like right beneath yeah. Kansas, but it's the know, thunder. quite a way. They got some fun wise. stuff going, though. Yeah, like Kansas City, uh, the football team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs, and but I'm not really into football, so I might try getting into it, but... We'll see. Well, how long will you be stationed there? Initial contract is three years, and oh. uh, only God knows at this point how like how many years I'd be spending in Kansas. Uh, there's possibility of like deployment halfway. <laughs> only through. God and one general somewhere <laughs> up the chain, <laughs> <laughs> right? Who's not willing to communicate at this point? <laughs> <laughs> with a month before my report date, right? So, um, yeah, shout out to government pace and speed of things. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would like to, before you're employed in an active duty context, just give you a chance to air any grievances against the military that you have. Yeah. Here. Anything you want to get off your chest? <laughs> Anything you want to get I can't do that live here. Oh, okay. okay. Not that many people listen yeah. to that. You'll be fine. <laughs> this is a small podcast, really. Yeah. 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 Actually, that was, that was a last ditch attempt to really say sabotage his uh, being called up to the military. Yeah. And he didn't take the, the military. Guess, guess he feels called to this. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to stop him. It's not working. Yeah, it's... we're glad for you, Q, and sad for us, of yeah. course. But This has been the plan for a long time. It's yeah. just kind of finally coming together, right? Yeah. So. Finally. But we are really grateful to have you here on this episode. I think you're uniquely equipped, even though you didn't prepare at all. Right. You're uniquely <laughs> equipped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're uniquely equipped to help us have uh, this conversation, which we'll get to later. But shall we you start with a segment? I think just start with a segment. Let's do it. Yeah. Last, uh, you know, last episode, we had some, to get some things off our chest, some beef. And um, we can't just live in, we can't just live in beef land. At no. some point we have to like, in, like things and enjoy them. Yes. We thought, what a great name for a segment. <laughs> 
So we called it. I like it. I like it. Uh, anyone want to go first? What's a, what's a thing that we like these days? Mm. Q, you go first. Yeah, or an idea. It's pretty it fresh in my thing. mind, so I can voluntarily go first. Oh, yes. It just happened. I mean, it's been happening, occurring repeatedly in my life, but the sense of appreciation actually came through yesterday, really, as I was thinking about, you know, I like it. And uh, I was on my way home from church last uh, Thursday or Wednesday, one of those days, and I stopped by at Rayleigh's to pick up a milk. Mm -hmm. I was waiting in line. Grocery store. Yep, grocery store. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting in line to to check out. And I realized... Tabloids. (laughs) No, that's not the story. Um, I realized that I didn't have my wallet with me. And in old days, what I would do is I would leave my milk somewhere, just... (laughs) On the aisle or something, you know, on the floor. just give it to the person who's like waiting in line behind me on the floor or wherever. And then I would have to run to my car, mm-hmm. see if my wallet's there, if it is there and not elsewhere. Yeah. If it's there, I grab it, come back, grab my milk again yeah. and start the line all over again. Yeah. But in these golden days, I had my smartphone and in my smartphone, this is, this is my I like it. Digital wallet. Mm. Digital wallet. Mm-hmm. All I had to do pull out my phone and get my wallet ready because in that digital wallet my credit card my debit card are all stored in store right ready for use and then also in this digital wallet i can store my movie tickets oh yeah yeah Yeah. i was on my vacation a couple of weeks ago went to san diego zoo and uh, san diego zoo did it was fabulous that's another i like it do you know at the san diego zoo they have a cheetah Mm mm-hmm Cheetah was actually one of my favorite animals. There. Do you know what else was living with the cheetah? No. A dog. <laughs> no way. Do you know about this? No. I have no idea. They put the dog and the cheetah together, both when they're really young, and the dog Whoa. mellows out the cheetah so the cheetah what is not aggressive world. and wanting to escape. Does this the cheetah like unmellow the dog? So it's like the dog uh-huh. is getting more aggressive. as the che- <laughs> Like they're kind of meeting each other somewhere in the middle. Halfway. Suddenly, suddenly the dog can run like 45 <laughs> miles an hour. Just <laughs> barking like crazy. Just racing with cheetah. It's oh, very cool to is... see them in the same enclosure. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. And, they, uh, it, and it's, they, they're just raised together. So they're just like best buddies. Oh, my and gosh. And they mellow each other out. I missed that. Oh, I only it. saw a cheetah hanging out. Okay. But if I would have seen that, that would have easily made it into my I yeah. like it segment. Oh, okay. well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's really cool, though. Sorry. So digital wallet. But yes. digital wallet. Digital yeah, wallet. Yeah, yeah. Way more interesting. My <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the affirmation. <laughs> Need it all the time, especially for Matt. Um, but yeah, that's why I like it. I'm with you. That's a good one. I've started to use it pretty much every yeah. time too. Every time you see the little pay by, you mm-hmm. know, the little icon that says you can pay right. with, uh, yeah, pretty slick. Mm. I appreciate it. that was a real journey. I wasn't sure whether the I like it was going to be Rayleigh's or milk <laughs> or standing in lines. Like, <laughs> you're just really just building it up, man. Just building it up to the story. It, it is an amazing convenience. Yeah. It is an amazing really? convenience. Very expedient. Did you find your wallet? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that's it was good. In my you car. just forgot to bring it with yeah, you. Yeah, right. Yeah. As yeah. I do, oftentimes. Isn't it nice? I think it's always the best when kind of our contemporary conveniences like actually fix what would have been 
an issue we had in the past. Like sometimes it's just like, oh, like we have a new technology that does this thing. Like that's just kind of cool and it's, it's just novel adding. and interesting. Yeah, it's novel yeah. and interesting, kind of fun. But yeah. in that, like in that case where it's like, oh, this is so helpful. Yeah, that's always the best. Right. I can't just kind of see like maybe at some point in the near future, our driver's license or passport or whatever, having a digital version oh. where we can store that in the wallet. And, or what well, yeah, probably just like a chip in our, yeah, in our right. forehead that just gets scanned, <laughs> I would think. <laughs> I think I've seen that somewhere in the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is happening. Just sign, sign us all up. Yeah, right? I think that's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm signing up. What's le- well, that is a good question, Q. Like, what's left in our wallets that we need to bring them along? Right. For me, it would be like driver's license right. I think and any place it. that didn't health, take like health a health card. Yeah. 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 But if if that all that stuff could go in the digital wallet, oh, yeah. Man. Cha-ching. Just That's the phone. Some money. of the trick of this, right, is like for some of our identifying information, then you have to have a way for a third party to access it, hmm. which is kind of interesting. And, like and in also just the idea of it, right? While I like the expedient, like it's expedient and very kind of... Um, uh, it's expedient, it's you convenient. know, convenient. Uh, but at the same time, like I think it'd be very disturbing at the same time for yeah. us to kind of store all of our kind of personal data and records in one digital wallet. Yeah, like, it's coming to you. That's very disturbing. It's yeah, coming. yeah. So I'm not signing up. Actually, I'm not <laughs> sign up for this. Wait, this mind. this changed into a beef, a, pri- a <laughs> yeah, privacy right, beef. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't. Mean it. We, we can just dwell on the positives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got uh, I've got an I like it. I'd like to share. With you guys, I'd like to brighten your days with my I like Please. it, and maybe your lives. My days are already pretty bright because wow. of digital wallets, but <laughs> I'm ready to get brighter. Uh, earlier this year, we decided my wife and I to retire a early. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, we're just we're, we're moving to uh, Cancun, not, not Kansas. <laughs> no, no. I'm mean, out of all the places. No, go Jayhawks. Um, we uh, have decided to retire a mattress. That oh. we've had for a long time. This was actually a hand-me-down. We didn't even buy this one. This was given to us, and uh, it just was getting a little squeaky, mm-hmm. um, a little like saggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the things that mattresses get when they're old. And you know we put this thing through its paces, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> We uh, we we got to get rid of this thing. So we and I, when I looked at the manufacture date on the bottom, nineteen ninety eight. Wow, is when this thing was made. So this is a twenty plus year old mattress. So this has also moved with you. We moved multiple it multiple places, yeah, and it's it's this mattress is older than our marriage is. Huh. Wow, isn't that interesting? Yeah. That is pretty pretty fascinating. Anyway, we got a new mattress. You can Th- stop this there. Is way too much. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went mattress shopping it was kind of a thing we weren't sure but then we found the right thing we got there eventually anyway new mattress it's been great we love it yeah um but what it it was a, it was not quite as deep so our sheets when we put them on got a little bit saggy here's what i found on amazon I hate to like plug a thing, you know, like, uh, you know, things aren't solving our life problems. I don't only like things. I'm not about <laughs> material, good, material goods and stuff, right? I like it does lend itself that direction. It does. That's I know. Okay. I know. This is, this is very uh, consumerism. I like it. Uh, but they're relatively inexpensive. And it will change your life if you find these elastic straps that you put underneath, that you attach to your fitted sheet and put them underneath your mattress and tighten them up 
so that your fitted sheet that goes on top of the mattress is all tight and not all bunched up or crinkly, Uh it changes everything about your sleep. Where do they... Where do the, these straps run? Is it like in an X underneath the whole mattress? or um, You could do an X. You could do, I've got two going lengthwise and okay. then two going widthwise. Oh, okay. You got four straps oh, going. Oh, I strapped that huh. baby down. Yeah. This is not a massive inconvenience when you're trying to remove the sheet? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, that part sucks. <laughs> so it creates more work. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but it's worth it. <laughs> There's a pattern of get us sharing I like it and also kind of minor beef that comes along with our I like it. <sighs> you know, Q, now that you say that, this is a this is a terrible idea. It makes changing sheets harder. Everything takes longer. You got to get underneath and wrestle around. Oh, that's funny. So it's kind of worth it, but kind of not. But I still like it. Yeah, yeah mm. that, that's okay to like. Okay. Th- this is completely sidebar. You can edit all this out. Um, <laughs> is this the same mattress you got that you hated? Yeah. And you come around. Love it. Wow. It actually took, we legit listeners, we got this mattress. We slept on it one day. Actually, I slept half a night on it and then moved (laughs) to the guest room because I could not fall asleep. It was so hard and so uncomfortable, but we loved it in the store. Yeah. I go back to the store. I'm like, Paul, my dude, we need a new mattress. He's like... Everybody buys this mattress, comes in, they say that. You got to break it in, get take your shoes off, walk on it for 15 minutes or whatever. He's doing all this stuff. And it did take a little bit of breaking in, and now we, wow. he was right. We just totally love it. Paul was wow. right. Yeah, he was right. He Shout out to you. Yeah. Wow, okay. Wow. I hadn't heard the Good end of question. that. Good question. Yes, that's the, so. end of, the end of the saga is we love this mattress. Yeah. yeah. And now you have an upgraded mattress and an upgraded fitted sheet gain. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Things are good. Sweet. Happy for you. Thank you. My, I like it. I, I'm going to be honest. I went back and looked at some past episodes because I couldn't believe that I had not already talked about this. But the thing that I really like is something I started, mm, I don't know, maybe six months ago. Maybe a little bit less than that. Composting? But yeah, you got it, Q. Oh! Yeah. oh composting. Q guesses And specifically, it. composting worms. Mm-hmm. Not, uh. not... They are worms who compost, okay. not composting the worms. Okay. Although that also happens when they die. <laughs> uh, ashes to ashes. Just happens, they break sadly. down very easily, mostly water. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when Rachel and I, I have talked about this, we moved into a new house and suddenly we had a yard and I have aspirations of a garden. And I thought, you know, it'd be amazing if we started composting because we'll have both garden waste and then we already had a lot of food waste. Uh, so I started kind of two compost things going. So I have a worm composting bin, which uh, has had many ups and downs, uh, including almost losing all of our worms on one particularly hot day. Ah. The good news is Rachel has generously allowed the worms to live in the laundry room during the summer. So the worms are inside at a much cooler temperature. So they were outside when they almost perished? Yeah. Yeah, You don't have a little AC unit for them and... Well, I'm my next summer project is to build like a cooling unit using like a swamp cooler. Like I want to wow. build my own little thing out in the garage <laughs> for them so that they don't have to come back inside. But maybe that'll be a future I like. Have it. you considered getting a dog or a cat or something? Well, can you have a thousand dogs? No. You can't support that. I can have a thousand you I can like have, have thousands of worms. It's about quantity, it's about not qu- quality. That's how I think everyone should consider pets. <laughs> What can I have the most of? Yeah, what can I have the most of? If one gives you joy, how much would a thousand give you? A thousand times the joy. So that's 
<laughs> no, it's really been a, uh, it's been so super fun, kind of amazing, kind of like this little science project, um, working out, you know, how much and how often to feed them. And right now that they're really flourishing, I, I, I knew this, but I've started make, doing the extra work of blending what I give them, which they really like, because they obviously have just tiny mouths. How do you know when they huh. like something? Because you like they're really active around it. They're mm. really kind of you can see them huh. and eating it. So, hmm. yeah, I've really enjoyed it, and it's been it's amazing. It's the same way that you know that I like something if I'm eating it quickly. Yeah, and exactly. Huh. Yeah, that's dead giveaway. Yeah. So it's been pretty remarkable how much food waste. You just you become aware of how much food waste just usually you throw out. Yeah. Um, and so it saved us quite a bit of kind of trash and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. has been, yeah, great. There's like another kind of layer of emotional attachment when you almost lose them, like when they almost perish and then oh, kind of help. That was an incredibly again. devastating oh. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think it was my devastation that was key to Rachel saying, okay, they can come into the laundry room because mm. I was so upset. Oh. Mm. Basically, what happened is the bin just dried out and worms need a lot of moisture. Uh, they don't. They don't need it flooded, but they need plenty of moisture to kind of be able to do okay. So, yeah, we're not in an ideal climate for worms. I will say because I know probably like every listener right now is thinking like, "Great, let me hop onto Uncle Jim's Wormfarm dot com." That's where I bought my worms. <laughs> we're doing a lot of plugging lately on this. We need to start getting sponsors. Yeah, Uncle Jim, we're here. We're here, ready for sponsorship. Uh, we're not in an ideal location for them, so because uh, it gets so hot and it's so dry, but. With a little bit of kind of babying along, uh, they can still thrive. So, mm. yeah. All right. That's why I like it. I like it too. Happy worms, happy Matt. <laughs> As they say. <laughs> well, here we are for our curious conversation. And today we wanted to. Oh, I was so excited for it. I thought that was an interruption. Well, it's already been a little pretty curious. Pretty curious. So far, yeah. Uh, and today we wanted to continue, you know, we have our overall question that we're continuing to explore. Where do we go from here? Or as Aaron mentioned in our last episode, maybe even where are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A much more existential version. Like look at that map at the mall yeah. the, where it says you are here. Just right. find that X. Where <laughs> yeah. are we? We're just searching for that. Yeah. Uh, but we wanted to talk about, and we're going to talk about kind of different impacts of the pandemic on church life, on our life as people, and uh, on our life and relationship to God. And a huge impact, I think, uh, and this almost goes without saying, is on uh, community and our sense of community and our connections to community and what that looks like. So we wanted to have Q on to help us talk about this and explore this particularly because Q has been uh, kind of really highly engaged with trying to reach out and connect people. He's heard a lot of stories from people within our church community uh, and trying to help people kind of remain connected in a season of pretty substantial disconnection. So again, we're not, we're not here to offer a bunch of answers, uh, but maybe to explore this together and to name some of the challenges, but also hopefully uh, some of the hopeful things about uh, what community might look like. Mm. I, I thought maybe a place to start off would just be to think about, like, I think one thing that the pandemic has done for me is highlight, start to highlight what I actually mean when I say community. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, it's a bit it's a bit of a buzzword, you know, that gets tossed around by everyone from, like, corporations to churches to, mm-hmm. like, just people in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my 
my community. Yeah. Um, Silicon Valley loves that right. idea too, right? Right. Like all yeah. social media, it's all about building community. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I thought, as I thought about it, it's very clear that like we can potentially have a whole conversation about this and being like completely different things, all three of us, because it stands in for so many things. So here's, I'd be curious if you guys had any additional ways it's meant, but I thought, like, as I thought about it, there were kind of three things that quickly came to mind uh, when I think I hear people or I talk about community. One one version is the kind of like, essentially what we're talking about is warm feelings, <laughs> like engendered <laughs> by sort of um, like a cheers type experience where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Right, so like you walk into a room and just like, like people know who you are, mm. not necessarily that there's kind of deeper relationship, but just that kind of good feeling of like, I'm known by people. Mm. I think that's kind of one layer or one kind of form of it. Um, another version is maybe a deepening of that where there's kind of uh, mutual care. Kind of sometimes we might talk about this as like, I have a support network or like, you know, it's the people who would take care of my kids, you know, if I needed them to at the drop of a hat or yeah. would bring me meals. That's, that's sometimes I think the way we talk about community. Do you have a community around you yeah. to help with that? Sometimes we really mean this tangible help. Um, then I thought there's also another version, which is like belonging to something that is kind of bigger than ourselves mm. uh, and that actually like places requirements upon us. So like something that is reminding us that my life is not just about me. So in that respect, like even something like a family can serve as a community, right? Because it's like something bigger place. Like you can't just do whatever you want whenever you're in relationship with a family member, right? Uh, and it pulls, kind of draws us beyond ourselves. Now, I don't think those three are all kind of separate, right? They're kind of dimensions of community. Yeah. But yeah. I did think like I sometimes when I'm just talking about community can mean like, like kind of lean into those different definitions. I'm curious kind of what it's you helpful. guys what you guys think. Are there additional kind of layers that you would name when it comes to community? This is kind of like ground clearing, I think, for conversation. Mm. Yeah. Does it mean, is there an element of community where we need to have something in common? Maybe not necessarily so, but yeah. I think often a, like a, a thriving community has a, not necessarily a, like a focus on one thing, but a... Uh, something, something in common, something to gather around, um, and that's pretty easy to accomplish, I think, in a church yeah. context. Yeah, I, I pray, hope. I pray I so. Hope. I pray yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. Kind of that. There's often, um, yeah, kind of a nucleus, or the the metaphor that came to mind is like the speck of dust around which the snowflake forms. You know, there's something to which it all uh, hmm. all gravitates towards. Snowflakes form around specks of dust? I believe so. I believe because water will not just freeze in formation. It needs an impurity to begin to adhere to. That's Pretty a, sure. That's a Google search coming Wow. Up. That's the recording. Okay. Yeah. Aaron, editor, please do a fact check. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but I was actually thinking about the same thing that Aaron talked Snowflakes. about, like the commonality. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, having some kind of commonality and common beliefs or, you know, practice or whatever the case may be, I think often like draws people to a community. I think that's yeah. probably one of the the biggest kind of attributes of a community that, you know, people are drawn to. Yeah. People look for, I think, as they look for others to kind of hang with. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that highlights maybe one of the most, um, the most significant experiences and that this maybe goes through all three of kind of the versions is like yes to name kind of something unifying mm. right like there's something 
that brings people together, whether it's shared experience or whatever the case might be, that there's a sense of unity. And um, as we think about kind of what the pandemic has done to community, I was thinking like there's some of these that are maybe the quickest, the quickest to dissipate. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like mm, yeah. um, I think like as people move, like isolate, like in some sense, like the, the, the first one, that kind of just general good feeling about kind of being in a room with a bunch of people who know each other gone like yeah right it's yep. just like out the door. yeah it's also interesting i was reflecting the one that i'm like most comfortable as an introvert <laughs> doing away with right oh. uh, which is just kind of some some self self-realization but yeah. it is it is like it is amazing though how much proximity like starts to deteriorate these other forms like these almost i might mm -hmm. say deeper forms of community uh, as well um <laughs> well, I was going to ask kind of in some sense a big version of the question about where community goes from here. But I mean, again, we're in this interesting in between as we record Q, I'd be interested to hear just from you some, just maybe some general observations about what you've witnessed from talking to people, mm -hmm. uh, their sense of community. Cause you've, you've talked to people throughout this pandemic, some people who uh, have not come back to church yet uh, for all kinds of different reasons, for health reasons and all that, all, plenty of good reasons. No. Uh, you've talked to people who kind of couldn't wait to get back. Yeah. Uh, you've talked to people who felt very connected to the community and you've talked to people who felt very disconnected. Like mm -hmm. just, I'd be curious kind of about some of your own processing and how you've kind of thought about community in this season. I think it really kind of, uh, to begin with, the first thing that comes to my mind is it uh, created, I think for each person, or each individual, um, for those who came to like long for a sense of community in their lives through COVID, to have a uh, clearer sort of vision or image of what community is for them. Mm. So I say that as I think about like some of our friends who were very isolated, and for them, their particular, and it goes back to what you were saying, right? Like the needs yeah. and extending care for others' needs, one another's needs in the community. So as I specifically think about folks who are isolated, um, who couldn't see their like you know kids, grandkids, and uh, family members and relatives uh, for like six months to a year, uh, their longing and their kind of vision and image of community was um, being able to connect and simply maybe the first, uh, you know, aspect of community that you've shared with us, like experiencing that warmth, yeah. experiencing that sense of love and connection with people, um, you know, and then uh, there are folks, uh, I think about parents who <laughs> just had to wear so many different hats um, mm -hmm. as they not only navigated their own needs, um, but their kids needs uh, like all the time. Uh, throughout this past year and a half, and their vision and you know their their image of community may have been a little bit different, right? I mean, maybe they needed some space from the community, um, uh, and their kind of attachment and connection to community may have looked a little bit different. You know, maybe it looked like you know we're we're just as fine connecting via online services, and we're going to take some time um, actually returning to in-person services or what have you. So I think. For each person, it just kind of highlighted and, and brought clarity into their minds, like what community means for them and what um, what it does to them. 
So that's an interesting thing, uh, I think. I'll stop there. And there are some other thoughts that kind of are flowing in my mind, but I'll stop there for now. Yeah. It's kind of where I'm at. It is interesting how complicated uh, this gets because um, I'm even thinking about, for a while we were doing online services uh, and you were doing music from home. Yep. Uh, and for quite a while you were doing actually that with your children. Yep. Uh, Ian and Juliet. So there was this this kind of particular shared community but you're also in isolation from the people you would usually lead music with. Right. And yet, if you were to talk to anyone from, from our church in that season, mm-hmm. I actually think the presence of Ian and Juliet was a hugely connecting experience for people of feeling connected to a community. We haven't done video services at home in uh, maybe six months, something like that. Who knows? I can't keep track. <laughs> I still hear almost yeah. weekly from oh, folks who yeah. are like, uh, we, we just loved seeing your kids sing with you, and uh, it was like su- it was like such a touchstone for people, yes, and it a was a way it. to keep them uh, connected. Mm. And I totally get it. Yeah. And we underestimated probably at the time the power that that would have for mm. folks, um, even just even if it's just visually seeing uh, faces they recognize and and people they care about on screen. Right, because in some sense, like we would say, for like you would kind of, from an outside perspective, say for community, like a pre-recorded service with no live component is maybe the worst, <laughs> yes. the worst option. Yes, and in many cases, we were forced there. Right, like that mm-hmm. wasn't like a, uh, you know, let's do this because it sounds fun. <laughs> right, and even even watching it together, there's a sense that. You know, people were watching it all throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, right. It wasn't even like a like a timing thing where yeah. people could feel like they were together. Because, like in 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 a Zoom sort of thing, at least you're all yeah, doing yeah, the same yeah. thing at the same yeah. time. But yeah, um, and yet, like this this moment, like becomes like a kind of unifying thing for our congregation, uh, even as we come back together, right? Which I just think is yeah, going back to what. You were mentioning about like something that unifies us, like how hungry we are for for yeah. community, right? There's like an additional hunger. I think one of the uh, one of the interesting things or tensions that I've been processing with is like how to navigate this, particularly as someone who's more introverted, and I know I'm not the only one uh, <laughs> processing this because um, there was. There's something about the struggle of what's the equivalence between like a social calendar <laughs> and community, right? And the fact that those aren't the same, and what what are my actual needs? What are like my human needs? Like not necessarily introver- introverted versus extroverted needs, but what are my human needs? And sometimes I think it can be so tempting to say like, well, you have community if you're doing a lot of stuff with people, <laughs> yeah, right? We yeah. Might, we might not say it like that. Hmm. Uh, that simply, but it often becomes kind of a shorthand for, do you have community? Oh yeah. Well, like I hang out with these people, I hang out with this person. Right. Right. Um, And I think in some sense what the pandemic, as it like stripped the social calendar to like nothing, Mm. like begins to highlight like, Oh, what, like what, what, what do I actually need? And it, it is, I think for me anyway, uh, like a little bit less like, um, like, Oh, I, I need a full social calendar. So much as it is like, like um, kind of a, mu- a mutual support, right? Like a sharing, a share, a kind of sharing 
of life together mm, uh, in yeah. some sense. And that's kind of been highlighted, I think. Uh, yeah, I like that because in my past, like the care calls that I made, and I'm sure that a lot of our deacons and deacons, deacon assistants have made in the past year and a half, uh, there was a heightened sense of people's willingness to share their lives. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. obviously there were phone calls where um, you can just tell immediately as this person picks up the the phone that he or she uh, won't engage. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they got to go. Yeah. <laughs> and you sense that, right? But I think there were more calls where uh, people, especially like living in the suburbs where we are, mm. where there was a heightened sense of uh, vulnerability. And, you know, mm. be, I think that that kind of comes from our shared experience through the COVID. It's, it's like... I'm not the only one who is experiencing this right now. Mm. And maybe I think that's a part or piece of what kind of, you know, brought forth that vulnerability in people. But uh, for sure in our calls, uh, I would I would personally hear a lot of our friends in the church sharing what they're going through and asking for prayer, you know, prayers and things like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's sometimes it almost... It's almost like you're saying that in some ways the pandemic has created community yeah. uh, because it's this, like we talked about earlier, it's like this thing we all have in common <laughs> that we've mm-hmm. all lived through. Uh, well, not all of us, um, not to be too dark. <laughs> it's sort oh, of gosh. notoriously not everyone survived it. But anyway, if we came through, if we came through this, we'll have we still have wounds from yeah. it. Um, yeah. And then, but th- I feel like this is why, like as things started to open up again and who knows what the future holds for that, but like restaurant lines are out the door because people want to like be together again. They want to like mm-hmm. talk through this whole, um, this whole thing because we've all done it together. Yeah. Just so, I don't know. That's just kind of yeah, out there. Theory, uh, yeah. It's but, kind of a fascinating thing. Yeah. I'm curious what you guys think about this, um, you know, kind of that third kind of framework of community that I mentioned, where it's like belonging to something bigger than us that yeah. like places requirements on us, um, which I think is often like part of the formative role that the church plays as a community. Like we commit to a place and then there's like uh, things that the community asks of us, mm-hmm. right? Um, it feels to me like that is one of the most like um, one of the things maybe we, we have most easily lost and um, is maybe one of the hardest things to regain <laughs> in yeah. terms of community in the sense that, and like, uh, yeah, again, not speaking without blame, but like even individually, like just when you isolate and suddenly your life becomes about like staying safe and like keeping your family safe and like, and what that means is you you don't go out or if you do go out, like it's only to get takeout or something like that. Like it's just so easy to become insular. Um, I wonder what you guys like kind of, as we like invite people into a kind of a way of community that is formative and like does put like healthy requirements on us in terms of like loving one another and serving one another and engaging with one another in different ways. Like how do we even begin to kind of reintroduce that or invite people into that kind of, community when we've kind of been conditioned for the last 
year and a half, and really maybe we can argue like our entire lives in a certain Western culture yeah, right. uh, to be insular and inward looking. Where we're all kind of uh, worrying about our own survival. Right, right. right. Yeah. That's the kind of the priority right. for us. Well, I, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was I think uh, even now uh, we there, there has been like a framing around our mask wearing and health protocols all along the way. And, uh, you know, our decisions to uh, wear masks, especially through last year, uh, and in any churches really, could be uh, understood or interpreted as like one kind of like political, you know, leaning Mm -hmm. per se. But I think what we tried to do as a church all along was to kind of paint this bigger picture or a bigger vision that, hey, it's about loving our neighbors and it's really, you know, thinking about the safety and health of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really one or the other kind of political leaning here, but um, just continuing to do that as a church mm-hmm. as we, you know, require yeah. <laughs> mask wearing for unvaccinated friends, especially and recommending mask wearing for vaccinated friends. Um, I think that's just a bigger vision that we can continue to kind of share with people. And then obviously as somebody who's been involved with like community engagement projects, yeah, I'll just share something that I was really kind of heartened by, which was our first community engagement out, not out of, not fully out of COVID, but, you know, kind of, ha- you know, taking our one foot out the You're door. You're able to do something. Yeah, actually. do something. <laughs> Finally, January of this year, we went to Salt Mine and Salt Mine director was communicating that their needs for, um, like their, their families who would come by, their needs for food and meals like quadrupled, their clients quadrupled throughout the COVID because there were other um, like food banks who closed mm. because of COVID. Mm. Um And uh, when we put that out there, I think we had close to like 25 people who signed up and came out. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was, I think, certainly one of those moments where you kind of sense, oh, like, this is bigger than us. Like, Mm -hmm. we're all here uh, and we're kind of serving for the common kind of good and, you know, goal and vision. And you just kind of get a glimpse of, you know, that third kind of aspect that you mentioned, that we belong in a bigger story. Yeah. Yes, we become insular most of the time in our lives. <laughs> I can speak that for myself, but there are often invitations like that. And, yeah. you know, hopefully we continue to do that as a church. Yeah. I like that, Q. I think, yeah, you talked about continuing yeah. to say these things, continuing to frame things yeah. this way. I think that's not just like a, like a church staff note. I think that's like a universal note. Like mm-hmm. so much of what you're talking about in some ways like is kind of essential to the gospel that we kind of give of ourselves for the sake of others. Right. And this kind of unconditional love, but that's something that like kind of, I need to wake up and preach every day. And in some sense, it feels like the kind of extreme loss of community has as much highlighted tendencies that are ongoing, (laughs) like cultural tendencies, like just deeply seated, like selfish tendencies within myself as it's like, Oh, here's a brand new, (laughs) brand new thing. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh yeah, like I probably have always tended to be selfish. Mm. And then suddenly it was, and like kind of self-centered and insular. And now suddenly there's sort of permission for that. Mm. So then like you're more aware of what it means to come out of that yeah. uh, than maybe I would have been mm. in a different circumstance. But yeah, kind of continue. Um, I think of like continuing to kind of preach the gospel to yourself, right? Yeah. Is something, something kind of needed. 
I was uh, reading a little bit about uh, this man. His name is Eberhard Arnold uh, on Community. He's a early 20th century kind of theologian and thinker. He lived, um, a lot of his writing is done kind of post-World War I in Germany, interestingly, mm-hmm. and was even talking then about how some of the struggles of the church to answer kind of the deep needs of Germans coming out of World War I, which obviously he, he died, I think, in 1935, so he precedes kind of World War II. Um, but he was talking about community and reflecting on the early church and this kind of glimpse we get very brief glimpses of a community that kind of seems to be flourishing and wonderful. And then obviously we have both acts and the whole new Testament that tells us about like how human and frail that community is. But as I thought kind of about organizing community, he said a couple of things that I thought stood out. He said, quote, efforts to organize community artificially can only result in ugly, lifeless caricatures. Only when we are empty and open to the living one, to the spirit, can he bring about the same life among us as he did among the early Christians. The spirit is joy in the living one, joy in God as the only real life. It is joy in all people because they have life from God. He goes on later to say, community life is like martyrdom by fire. It means the daily sacrifice of all our strength and all our rights, all the claims we commonly make on life and assume to be justified. In the symbol of fire, the individual logs burn away so that united, its glowing flames send out warmth and light again and again into the land. To me, I think that captures a lot of kind of what we've been talking about, like the fact that we need something to unify us. And as a church, it's not going to be some program for community that suddenly kickstarts life and a sense of togetherness. Like really, like we're dependent on God and that ultimately that's going to require like I mean, talk about feeling relevant to today's language, like the yeah. daily sacrifice of all our strength and all our rights. So from like a hundred years ago, some wisdom yeah. about community from Everhard Arnold. Hmm. That's quite the image. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm struck by how this, uh, you kind of opened with a version of this, Matt, but I'm struck by how we, th- we have to kind of rethink even what community is and what it isn't. And um, this is like, this is the pandemic has forced kind of a reckoning with community and how maybe how either how fragile or how robust it is. And um, I don't necessarily have an answer, but I think your three types of community, like some, uh, I I thought those those were great um, observations and probably, you know, there's a, a version of them, some of those uh, versions of community have survived maybe better than others. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of them will be, I think, easier to revive yeah. than others as well. Is that your takeaway? That's my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Again, more questions than answers. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I think what we're saying is that a, a community grounded in like the commonality of uh, you know, the Holy Spirit bringing us together is one that is, I just, I'm bringing the Holy Spirit into this because of your flame analogy. Yeah, from yeah, that quote, right. but, uh, yeah, that's where he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a takeaway for me too from this conversation. And also like what Q was talking about, kind of both the ways we have framed things and our need to continue to frame those things, like that we need to continue to remind ourselves. Um 
community is both like incredibly natural to us and totally unnatural. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's a really fascinating thing to me about it. Um, and so that we also need to remind ourselves, at least I need to remind myself over and over of um, my need for honestly, like the warmth and delight of community and for the versions that are mutually supportive and that require things of me. Yeah. Like I kind of need to um, right. wake up. And if Martin Luther woke up each day and looked in the mirror and said, I'm baptized, I'll, I need to say like, I'm baptized into a community. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I need to remember that. Right. It's and it's going to be work, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah. be yeah. in that community. It's not a strict huh. thing. I think just uh, uh, coming from what you've just said, uh, my takeaway is like we get fulfilled in the community, but it's really struck me out of the quote that you shared with us. Like we're also emptying ourselves. Like we're, we're fulfilled mm -hmm. by the community, but we're also um, like learning to empty ourselves. And maybe a part of that is our own kind of dreams or hopes for a community that is very our own mm -hmm. and maybe kind of giving ourselves away to the bigger story or, you know, so yeah. we're both fulfilled, but we're also learning to empty ourselves yeah. in community. Well, friends, listeners, members of the Curious Church community. <laughs> Thanks, very nice. <laughs> we know you missed us. You missed one another. <laughs> we miss you. Yes, we do miss you. So should we ask to hear from them? Yeah, You absolutely. know, if you have, uh, if we, we'd love to hear your thoughts on community. We'd love to hear how you how you're faring, how you have fared, how you are faring. Mm. Um, we have something in common, and that is the love of Matt's voice. <laughs> let that be. Let That's that be funny. our bond. <laughs> I was literally thinking earlier, and Aaron sounds so good in my headphones today. <laughs> Just like oh, I feel like I'm on a real podcast listening to Aaron. <laughs> uh, yeah, people email us curiouschurch at granitesprings.org. Mm -hmm. We we welcome a note. Uh, and five stars, of course. Five stars, <laughs> definitely. That's yep. really, a, that's in fact maybe the best yep. sign of you being a part of the community. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on this second uh, second curious conversation yeah. on our curious question, which is where do we go from here right. or where are we? Where, where are, are we? we? <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to Q. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging out with us, Q. Yep. Glad to be um, here as an honorary um, Curious Psalms podcast co host. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, <laughs> Taking over already. <laughs> All the best on you. You'll discover a whole new community in Kansas. Yep. Go, Jay. Yeah, we'll be praying for that, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Thanks for that. As you go, I'll take all the prayers. Yeah. And everyone, until next time, I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Q. Thanks for being curious with us. <laughs>